2: It's the final rewatch The final rewatch, the final re-watch. Oh. It's the final rewatch Before the new season It's the final rewatch watching them all, the final rewind. Greetings, stranger friends, and welcome back to the final rewatch, where today I'm talking about chapter six of Stranger Things, the monster, or as we say up in Massachusetts, the monster. I have to be honest with you. I thought these rewatch episodes were going to be 15, 20 minutes long. And even going into yesterday's episode, I said, you know, I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be concise. And I ended up going the longest I've gone so far. We'll see how today goes. It's actually before work for me. I just finished watching the episode and I'm trying to make this more concise because look, everyone's busy. And um, I appreciate you all listening to this, but I want you to be able to listen to every single one of these before we get To Stranger Things 4. And so I'm going to try to be a little more concise, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not just going to stop for stopping's sake. I'm just going to talk and we'll see what happens. Now, this episode that I'm talking about today, I think is the shortest one of the season so far. Today, talking about Chapter 6, The Monster. Um, It picked up exactly where the last one left off, except something was weird because... I felt like in the last episode, it looked like the, the little tree gate was closing. Then we open up this one and Jonathan's like, Nancy, where are you? And Nancy's like, Jonathan, and they can almost hear each other. It's almost like someone's underwater. They're yelling. And now he's like, follow my voice, follow my voice. And he found the gate in the tree. So maybe it hadn't fully closed or maybe it's another gate or maybe it's a mistake. I'm not sure exactly, but He did get, um, you know, Nancy freaked out seeing the thing, the monster eating, um, that deer, poor little deer. And she ended up seeing the tree again, going right through it. He pulled her out. He's like, I've got you, I've got you. And thankfully, she is safe. Meanwhile, her, I guess, boyfriend, still Steve. He felt like something was up and he wanted to go check on her. And you could see, you know, Steve's not perfect. Clearly, in this episode, he's not perfect. And clearly, he still has some of that um, douchebag, bravado, bully in him, which I think is a huge. I think Tommy and Carol, and I, I hope I'm getting those names right, I think they're the, a terrible influence. On poor Steve. Even when the, the, he's like, "I want to go check on her," and they're like, ooh they, they're making fun of her for that." Make fun of him. So like, shut up, shut up, you know. And then he goes and checks on her by, of course, just climbing her window. This was before the 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 time of, of of um, you know, those sensor lights that turn on when someone's in the yard, or all the video cameras that everyone has in their house today. There's no ring doorbell. So he can just, and, and let's be honest, the uh, Wheeler parents are, you know, they care, but they're like, well, you know, I'm sure the kids are fine. And he could just climb right up there, look in the window. But what does he see? He sees Jonathan comforting Nancy. That Jonathan Byers son of a bee comforting my girlfriend. You could see that would really upset anyone. Um, and of course he takes it out of line. There's nothing going on between the two of them yet. Jonathan ends up staying the night. Nancy gets, you know, goes and cleans herself up and Jonathan just took it upon himself to, to lay out a bedroll, a blanket on the ground. He's like, I thought, you know, I didn't know if you wanted to be alone. He's like, no, no, please. He lies down on the ground with a gun in his hand. I was like that. Can't be safe. I mean, if you just roll over and pow, you're going to shoot yourself in the leg. Um, But about five seconds later, Nancy wants him on the bed. Lights on. You know, no shenanigans. It's just because she is frightened. She's freaked out. And he's like, you can't get us here. She's like, we don't know that. It's understandable that she is freaked out. Back at the buyer's house, Hopper and Joyce are starting to put little pieces together um you know he's talking about uh, you know he was in the lab he saw things he saw a place where kids would go he saw a room there was a stuffed animal there was a drawing he's like she's like a drawing what kind of drawing he's like I don't know a kid drawing was it good it was a stick figure was it this good you know when she shows one of the drawings that will did and he's like he's like whoa you know when I went to Benny's someone said there was a kid there with a shaved head I just assumed maybe it was will but Maybe there's another kid. Maybe while I was looking for your kid, I've been on the trail of another kid. Dun dun dun! And that's when he looks in the paper and talks about Terry Ives and the fact that you know there's that the, they're talking about someone taken, someone talking about their daughter being taken. So now they're thinking, you know, maybe we can get some answers from Terry Ives. I have to be honest with you. It's been so long since I've seen this. For some reason I thought more of the Terry Ives stuff came in season 2. I am just um tickled to realize wow, yeah, this this is like always been part of it right there. It's not something that's been retconned in or built in right from, you know, when they were looking in the newspapers right here Terry Ives and when they go visit Terry Ives, they look up her name in the newspaper, uh, I'm sorry, they look up her, her address. Um, he, Hopper calls uh, a friend and gets the address from a payphone, doesn't want to be traced. Um, and they go and search her. They meet her sister, Becky. They meet her. She's pretty much, you know, uh, she's uh, nonverbal. She does make eye contact with them. And you see her mouth moving later. So there is, it's not completely, she's not a completely catatonic state. There is something there, but she's like, "Look, you're about five years too late to be talking to her." So, what happened in those five years? I forget, but I do know um, that a lot of her, that her story is in that Suspicious Minds book, which is a terrific read. Uh, it is Stranger Things related, without it being anything to do with, um, you know, the storyline we're in now it's truly a prequel that kind of fills in some blanks to mostly Terry's story so I recommend that book tremendously um, so they talk to Becky a little bit more they talk about the CIA and the MK Ultra and like it could have been a cover-up and Becky's like you know Terry really would have liked you I think because Terry Becky thinks that Terry was probably um, you know over overdoing it with the conspiracy theories but she's right and they're like you know could it be right about it, her daughter and they're like she's like uh, I don't think you understand Terry had a miscarriage in the third trimester uh 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 no she didn't so they're like could that have been that That could have been you know covered up um, they didn't get much except for the fact that you know this they, they see Jane's bedroom left as is Jane Ives, what could have been? From Jane Ives to um, L. Hopper. Hmm. Crazy how how the years go by, isn't it? So they don't they you know they don't get much out of her except they talk about the experiments. They talk about you know Jane. I mean uh, Terry. You know wasn't forced into this. She she chose to do this. Uh, and you know it's just sad that she she was convinced that the baby was born and they took it, because. It was, and they did. Uh, And when they leave, Joyce is like, uh, looks at Terry, and it looks like Terry's mouthing something. Almost like she's trying to talk or trying to communicate. And Joyce is just upset, and they get in the car, and Joyce and her, Joyce and and is just like, "Ah, we're never, how are we going to find them? She's been looking for 12 years. 12 years. He goes, yeah, 12 years. And she turned up at Benny's. The other day, okay? So there's a chance. We're gonna find him. There's a chance. And Hopper's like, Do you do you know what I would do for a chance? What I would do? And it was um it was like sad. You could see it in his eyes, like, I would do anything for a chance to be back with my daughter. And then they get a call, Hey Chief, uh there's been a fight. He's like, I can't deal with it right now. He's like, It's Jonathan Byers. Jonathan Byers, you say? I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm going to get there. So that's the end of the Joyce Hopper story in this. Wouldn't Joyce Hopper, doesn't Joyce Hopper sound like a nice name? But that's the end of the Joyce and Hopper story um, in this episode. Um, I'm going to go back to Jonathan and Nancy when they woke up. So Jonathan spent the night when he woke up the next day. Nancy was already awake. She really couldn't sleep and she was doing research on this thing on animals and hunting and blood Because she's like I think this thing was attracted to blood Barb cut her hand The deer was bleeding uh, And they think That maybe they could lure this thing out um, They think it's, you know, blood And um, Nancy's mom almost almost opens the door She's like, I'll be right down I'll be right down And later they're like, where's Nancy? I don't know She said she was coming down Her door was locked She breaks in uh, And this music playing, the windows open, there the room is empty, but she sees the bedroll on the ground so she's like, "Hmm, someone was here. And Nancy's gone." So where do they go? They went to the hunting store. I love stressing that Boston accent sometimes. So they go to this hunting store and they buy all kinds of stuff. Bear traps, gasoline, um giant not like Bolts of some kind, uh, and he's like, and then Jonathan's like, I need a bunch of thirty-eight bullets too, and the guy's like, What? What are you kids buying all this for? And it's like monster hunting. He's like, Oh, okay, and just lets them have it all. They go outside, and, and Jonathan's like, Monster hunting. She's like, Huh. To think, you know, just the other day, I was I was searching for a top to buy a top with Barb to impress Steve, and it took me forever to do. And it was just so important to me, and now, and now you're monster hunting with Jonathan Byers. Which one of those is weirder, the monster hunting or Jonathan Byers? She's like, oh, Jonathan Byers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then this car drives by and says, "Hey, Nancy, can't wait to see your movie." Nancy's like, huh? She walks over to the uh, movie theater and she sees spray painted Nancy Wheeler's a slut. I don't remember exactly what was written, but right around the corner, there's. Uh, there's Steve, Tommy, and Carol. Tommy's the spray painter, and she she's like, "What the hell is this?" He goes, oh, what, what? "He goes, you want to tell me what you were doing? Tell me what you were doing." She goes, "You saw it." He goes, "Yeah, I saw it." She goes, "It's not what you would think." "Oh, really? Then what was it? Why didn't she say we're monster hunting and we found a monster and we think it took Barb? Just tell the truth." But Steve was kind of like, oh, "Yeah, exactly, exactly." And then um, they speak of the devil. Jonathan shows up. She's like. All right, you know, uh, he's like, come on, let's get out of here. And um, Steve just starts saying awful things about the buyers, about his mother, about uh, Jonathan, about Will and everything. And Jonathan just loses it and punches him. And then there's a fight breaking loose. Fight, fight, fight. They beat the crap out of each other. Uh, but Jonathan got the upper hand and was really smashing him when the cops show up. And I love that Hawkins only has three cops. So the cops show up. They all run off. Jonathan gets cuffed. I don't know if Steve... I don't think Steve got caught. Like, Steve, Tommy, and Carol just ran. Um, Jonathan got cuffed. That's when they called Hopper and Joyce to let them know. And then down at the um, at the police station, um, Flo, you know, Flo... Nancy was talking to Flo. She's like, how long do you think... Are we going to be here long? He says, you know. Him, yes. He assaulted a police officer because I guess he pushed the cop while they were in the middle of the kerfuffle. And... He's like, you better go tell your boyfriend. Oh, no, she, he's not my boyfriend. She goes, you better tell him that. She's like, what do you mean? Honey, anybody who does, um, you know, something like that usually does it for love. She goes over and gives Jonathan um, the face cloth of ice and puts it on his head. And um, I think that's the end of their story in this episode. I don't think we see them again. So we followed them and we followed Hopper and Joyce and seems like Hopper and Joyce is now going, they're now going to, um, cross paths with Jonathan and Nancy. Uh, so why don't we talk about our heroes? All right. Our, our, our hero kids. Um, right now it's Mike alone. In his basement. Angry. He beats the crap out of that fort. Um, he's just... He's upset. He's upset with everything. He's upset that Eleven... What happened with Lucas. He's upset with what happened with Eleven. And he's upset that Eleven is missing. Is has gone. Uh, so he beats that thing up. While this is happening... Um, oh, Dustin comes over. And... Um, I love that he calls Mike, Lucas, and Eleven out for all all being out of line. He's like, I'm the only one who's being reasonable here. It is Lucas's fault. It's also your fault. And it's Eleven's fault. Uh, And he's like, you know the rules. You draw first blood. You need to uh, shake hands or you will be banished from the party. Mike doesn't want to do this, but he also knows it's the right thing to do. Um, Meanwhile... Was everybody nervous the first time around when they saw the bad lady showing up at Mr. Clark's door? Taking advantage of his love of science and teaching. She's like, oh, she's there with flyers from the Indiana A.V. Club and how she wants to get kids into science more. And she's like, do you know any kids who would be into things like this? He's like, oh, I know a few. And that's when you see uh, Dustin heading over to Mike's and you're like, oh. He knows if you are right. Oh, no. Um, And I I definitely thought Mr. Clark was a goner. But it seems like she's just using him to get the info to the kids. We don't see him um, at all for the rest of the episode. So really, we're not sure. You know, we're left kind of up in the air where what's happening with Mr. Clark. It could have been... These, you know, But that would draw too much attention, I feel like, another murder, maybe masked as a suicide. Um, so it's probably better to just be like, oh, great, this, thank you, and then go on your way. The first time we see Eleven in this episode is actually a flashback uh, with Brenner, and he's like, we're going to go further than we've ever gone before. We're going to make contact. Mm. And that's when she wakes up in the woods alone, sad she goes over to this to like this lake looks at a reflection of herself puts the wig on is just completely upset puts the wig on takes the wig off screams the water ripples the birds fly away uh then we go to uh Lucas's house where Mike and Dustin go to um to fix the things between them and uh Lucas is like all right cool but we have to give up on the weirdo which Mike has no chance of doing. And Dustin's even like, you know, she has powers. She can help us. We need her. But Lucas is done. He calls her a traitor. He's done. I'm. He's like, I'm going to go find Will myself. I'm going to the gate. I'm done. Boom. Done. Over. He just gives up on them. He leaves and does his own thing, which I hate. I hate when they're separated. Um, Eleven, meanwhile, finds a store. She goes inside. And you, you see this young kid in a dirty dress with a nosebleed, looking all dirty, shaved head in the middle of some, you know, like Midwest town, people are going to stare. And all that made her flashback to thinking of in the lab where all these people in the lab were staring at her. And Brenda's like, don't worry. They're just here to see you. Everything's going to be fine. They put a nothing to be frightened of. Um, but he's like, you need to, you need to find her. He, I'm sorry he wants her to find it he wants her to find the monster he puts her back into the uh into the se- sensory deprivation bath which we also heard um Terry Ives sister talk about something they did uh and he puts this little kid in there to find the monster because Brennan's a goddamn monster himself and then flashback she goes right in they're like, do you need help? Do you need anything? He grabs. She grabs all the waffles. You need to pay for that. Uses her powers. Bing, bang, boom. Doesn't even look back. Very ballsy. Just kind of action star. Walk away. Smashes the the door using her mind. But they can't. They can't prove that. And she just walks off. She stole those waffles. Meanwhile, we see Lucas getting ready like Rambo, like John Rambo. I'm John Rambo, from First Blood. From First Blood to Last Blood. Do you know you guys know Rambo, right? There's First Blood, which I think was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Then there was Rambo, First Blood 2, then Rambo 3. Then was it called John Rambo or just Rambo? And then Rambo Last Blood. And I don't think I ever saw Rambo 3, which is crazy. They're all crazy, but they're fun and they're exciting and it makes you want to put a bandana on. And grab a giant hunting knife, and that's what Lucas did. He got all his gear, and he's heading out to look for, for, um, for Will. And as he leaves, he sees the Hawkins van. What is it? The Hawkins, you know, power company or whatever, van. And our mustachioed um, uh, bastard, there. He's uh, gives him a little wave, and Dustin's like, "Hey." I mean, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas is like, "Hey," and. um then Lucas, you know, heads off to um, to find Will. Uh, meanwhile, Dustin and Mike are going to go look for Eleven. And I love the uh, best friend talk that Dustin and Mike have, and the smile that Dustin that's on Dustin's face when Mike's like calls. He's like, "Crap on that logic, because you're my best friend too." And you could see Dustin's like, "Okay," and he loved it. They see the store and they assume that um, Eleven probably had something to do with it. But then someone is watching them, too. You just see, like, the shadow, like, the shoulder of someone. I'm guessing, is it, like, another worker guy? Meanwhile, Lucas is following the compass along straight to a fence. A fence outside the Hawkins National Laboratory. We see Elle eating her favorite food, um, Lego eggos no not legos but the commercial was lego my eggos eggo waffles eating those waffles loving those waffles and you hear dustin and mike looking um, screaming for her she hears it and then all of a sudden uh oh them bullies troy and the other bully i'm going to call him other troy run dustin run mike like it's it's crazy they're getting uh chased and one of them has a knife i'm sorry a knife that's that goes from bully to um, sociopath psychopath. Uh, meanwhile Lucas using the compass, he's kind of trying to go around the the lab, but every time he takes a turn, the compass keeps you know the compass adjusts and points at the lab. He turns some more at the lab. Everything's at the lab. So he goes up in a tree with his binoculars and he sees all these military trucks. And he sees the same service vans, the same one that was right outside of his house. Now, maybe he didn't put the connection together yet, but um, I, I noticed it right away. I was like, oh, there's the van. Uh, there was a few vans. Meanwhile, Dustin and Mike are are running. Dustin's like, cramp. He's like, run through it, run through it. Finally, they catch up with them. And this friggin' Troy grabs grabs Dustin, holds a knife, says, I'm going to pull his teeth out. I'm going to cut his teeth out unless you jump in the, the the quarry. That is so high there's no doubt he would be he would be dead. But you know what? Mike did it. He did that for his friends and as he's falling everything stops. And you and Dustin and them look over and they're like oh my god Mike's floating. He floats right back up, lands on his butt, they turn and just an amazing moment where Eleven is just walking straight at them with this look of determination on their face. They're like, oh, what? And the the other kid, I don't know his name, gets pushed down to the ground. She does one little flick of the head and Troy's arm is broken. And ah, ah, and, and then they run off and Dustin, Dustin's like, yeah, you better run because she's our friend and she's crazy. That was great. And she's like, and then she, you know, that took a lot out of her. She she almost passes out. She lies down. And we get a flashback at this point of the void. Um, you know, she's in the void. She sees the monster. Now, this is before everything. Right now that monster is in its own dimension. That's it. It's its own dimension. And um, we're, you know, in our dimension. And she goes right up to it, touches it. The thing turns, goes, she freaks out. Her scream just erupts everything in the lab and it causes a rift that causes the gate to open. And then she's lying there back in, in present time. She's like, Mike, the gate, I opened it. I'm the monster. And he's like, no, you're not. You saved me. You're a hero. You saved me. And then they get the triple hug between Eleven, Mike, and Dustin, a great moment a great moment that I just wish Lucas was there to see. Um, so they're walking their bikes back, and there's Mustache Van Man. He sees them. He calls to the lab. You see Brenner and his army of, of other jerks are all heading out. Lucas sees this from the tree. He's still searching with his binoculars. He sees them head out. He sees the vans head out, and we see we know that they're heading straight for the wheeler house straight for dustin mike and 11 and then the episode's over i did it i talked about the episode in in, in, in a much shorter more concise way and i did it um i f- i started it right after breakfast and i finished right around lunchtime and it was a seamless transition through the power of podcast editing so my friends Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. Thank you so much for sticking with me all these years. Um, I'm, I, every day that I watch an episode, I am more and more excited that I chose to rewatch um, because it's just sparking so many memories. Um, and it's just reminding me of, of, of things, which I think is the same thing I just said. Uh, and I'm just... I feel that I'm going to be fully equipped and ready for Stranger Things 4, which we are now only, what, 21 days away, three weeks away. It's very exciting, Um, and I can't wait to get there. But in the meantime, we'll be doing this. We'll be doing this with every other episode of Stranger Things. So my friends, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Geek Mentality. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Stranger D Pod and on Instagram at StrangerDangerPod. I've yet to do anything with it yet, but hopefully someday. Uh, but right now I'm posting all the pics that I'm using uh, on my geek mentality. That's like the main thing. That's where I you'll see me doing movie month next month. Uh, you'll see me putting Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff up there soon. Um, that's where I do just about all my blog posts go there. So find me on Instagram at Geek Mentality. And... Uh, Everything, every episode of Stranger Danger is available wherever you get podcasts or you can find it all at fansnotexperts.com. So, until tomorrow, my friends, until episode seven, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And don't mess with Eleven's friends, Troy, because you better run, because she's our friend and she's crazy. All right, stranger friends, stay stranger until tomorrow. Fans Not
0: Experts.